are back with another episode of the Ricky Henderson of Podcast, the greatest of all podcasts, the GOAP. And uh, really excited to have athletic beat writer for the A's, Alex Coffee, to join us. Alex, how you doing? Are you good? Everything all right? Yeah, good, good. I just got my second shot, um, you know, ready to get back out in the world. Me too. I literally just got it like an hour ago. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, excited to not be scared of going to the grocery store and, you know, things like that. Not have to think about it so much. <laughs> I know. It's awesome, right? It's just like when I was driving home, I was just like, yes, like finally, like, thank God, like, <laughs> made it um so yeah it's, it's your first uh f- like full one i know you, you took over the beat last year for the a's uh but it's your first full 162 i'm just kind of curious how like the rhythm is going and you know first week of may how you holding up how you doing <laughs> I know, it's funny it's like um my friend mentioned to me the other day he was like last year we would have been halfway done with the season <laughs> <laughs> i know isn't that funny and i was like oh right like the only season full season that I have under my belt so like that's my standard of the, you know like that's my point of reference so it's it's been weird I'm not gonna lie it's like uh-huh. you know it's just a different pace and a different and last year when we were covering when I was covering the team I was putting out a lot more stories because every game not that like the games don't matter in 162 game season but like every game really really matters in a 60 game season you know it's like yeah seven game losing streak and you're like out of the you know out of contention or something so um so it's kind of you know I kind of have to adjust that way too like my pace of how much I'm writing and like mm-hmm. yeah the types of things I'm writing and how I'm reacting to things like is this you know is this worth freaking out about or not you know it's just it's just and then spring training was like a two-month beast too that didn't exist last year right it's like uh, this is like you this is like the beginning of month three and a half four almost like four months in it's crazy or something like that right (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah Yeah. obviously it happened really quickly when everything shut down uh last year and um yeah i mean i think everyone's had to adjust i mean obviously what i've had to adjust to hails in comparison to what the players have had to adjust to you know you see all these like injuries popping up and it makes so much sense to me because like it's all this starting and stopping and you know Mm -hmm especially with pitchers is such a violent motion to throw a ball that hard, you know, it's like, of course they're going to react. <laughs> yeah. Something's going to happen. Yeah. 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 So, or, or you could be Jesus Luzardo and bang your hand on oh. a cabinet or whatever he did, like when he was playing a video game. So yeah. I mean, isn't it, that's one of the most, that's for me, that's one of the more bizarre injuries and the fact that they didn't even try to cover it up with like, Oh, <laughs> I don't know how you could just anything else, but I mean, they were honest, you know, I mean, it's kind of, what, what do you think about the, the way that the A's handled that and that Jesus kind of owned up to it? You know, he's like, yeah, that was stupid and immature. You know? Yeah, I'm still kind of like mulling that one over. Um, <laughs> the press conference was kind of bizarre because he kept saying it was a mistake. Um, but I think him saying it was a mistake kind of implies that he, uh, you know, might have done something like. It, you, know, you know what I mean it's like you think he like punched something after a start instead of like I, hurt it. I just kept like thinking to myself I'm like why is this guy calling this a mistake like I thought this was just like you know like an accident or like you know yeah. what I mean like he just like accidentally yeah. bumped it um yeah they said like he bumped it before the start they ran him up to the batting cage to pitch they said he was okay so I mean I I don't know I don't think they would make up a huge crazy story like no, that but no, it's no, it's, no, it's I don't just like weird. Like 
conspiracy theorist. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I think he just felt like, um, I think it's he felt like kind of overwhelmed and embarrassed by like what yeah. happened and he didn't really know what to say. I mean, he definitely seemed like he was apologetic about it and frustrated yeah um just so it's so it sounds yeah, so avoidable like, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um but it was just like a really bizarre bizarre uh press like uh, like zoom call you know yeah at some point someone asked him if he was like ever gonna play video games again and he was like yeah like <laughs> i am <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then like people really want to know what game were you playing he's like i'm not he like would not divulge that information I know. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. Ugh it just it like the way it was handled was kind of it, yeah. it was kind of odd but it like it's also like an odd situation yeah know? i mean and he's 23 years old like yeah. you know like i don't know like it's just really he's weird but really frustrated with himself to me like yeah. that's my impression too and maybe yeah. mistake wasn't the exact word that he used but he used some like some word that was like akin to that and i just thought it was it was odd almost like implying that like some you know there was some kind of like deliberate action in there and i was like that's weird but you know yeah. i think he he just felt like you know oh no like i fucked up yeah like, so yeah, I, I think it'll just be like probably just like a few starts right i mean who knows i have yeah. i have no idea i mean it's just pure i mean he doesn't sound like he's picked up a ball yet or i don't mm-hmm. know yeah, they're don't know. doing like yeah they're just trying to like keep his arm in shape right now and have him do cardio and um like mobility exercises and stuff like that yeah um so yeah because i know melvin was saying like there's chance like he might not put like he might even be able to throw ball like with four fingers and just not put pressure i don't know it just seems weird to me yeah i don't know the whole thing yeah Yeah. Yeah. he was like i can go to the gym as long as i don't use my left hand (laughs) (laughs) you can only work out like one arm you're just gonna be swole yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i don't know but it's kind of weird, like the timing, right? Because they had, I mean, fires had just come back like a couple of days. So it kind of like worked that whole rotation situation out because I, I think in, in fires press conference, he kind of, he really hinted. He's like, yeah, I know. I told you guys, like, I'll do whatever for the team. But he's like, I want to be a starter. You know, like, that's what I know how to do. He's yeah, like, I have my routine down. I'm a routine based guy. Like, I want to be a starter, you know? Like, yeah, that was another one where it was like he was saying what he should have said. But then under underneath the, you know, beneath the surface, it was like, you know he was admitting that it sucks he was like this is really hard and this is i want to be a starter and like yeah and i get it at that age like to kind of have to you know um reinvent yourself is like obviously really difficult um and i bet he like i don't know if he did see it this way but i wouldn't be shocked if he would see it as some kind of like demotion you know yeah Um, but but yeah, I mean that like the way that that I mean it worked out really well for them because I mean <laughs> they yeah. had like, a starter lined up right away. So um, you know, and and Lozardo's like had a bumpy start to the season anyway. So who knows? Maybe like the time off will like benefit him a little bit. I know that like for Manaya, not that they're the same person, but um, I think around the time of like the COVID outbreak that they had, I think it was in Houston last year, um, Manaya was just he was off to like a really rough first half mm-hmm. and just having that you know that week off really helped him mentally kind of like take a few steps back and um it seemed like there's something up for him and he's been great since then so who knows 
maybe it yeah. could work in Jesus's favor. And also that yeah. whole fi- that whole fires thing when they brought him back and like he's gonna sit in the bullpen like for now. That whole situation was weird too. It's like I don't know the the, the whole handling of this. I don't yeah. The whole past couple of weeks have been kind of weird, you know. I think like, the I don't weirdest know. part about that was that like. Um, Melvin and Scott Emerson, the pitching coach, have been asked for weeks, I think weeks, leading up to that point. Like, are you guys looking at a six-man rotation? Are you guys looking at – and they were like, no, we haven't really discussed it. We haven't discussed it. And then on that day, they were like, yeah, we've discussed it. Like, we've been discussing it. Like, it was just like it came out of nowhere. It was and, like, then, and then they kind of inserted him in there. They don't want us to know, but it was just like we've literally been asking about this one specific thing for like a month. And now all of a sudden it's like on – like something that you guys are actually entertaining slash are going to do. <laughs> well, they, they did it. I mean, if Jesus, if Jesus didn't get injured, they would have essentially had a six man rotation. It was just the timing of everything is crazy. You know, I don't know. That whole, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's really kind of, I, mean, I don't want to like wear a tinfoil hat, but it does seem kind of odd. <laughs> no, no, no I, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Jesus is definitely injured, but uh, just no. the whole timing of everything, like the whole fire situation, there's just some weird kind of vibes, but it all kind of worked itself out, you know? <laughs> so. I think one, one step further i was talking to steve berman last night he was like looking at the he is far more down the conspiracy rabbit hole. <laughs> he was like looking at the picture of jesus with the thing on his finger and he was like you know it doesn't even really look like it's on his pinky it looks like he's on like the like the full left side of his like, like his hand like the uh, yeah. like like above his yeah, no- like his like, last oh knuckle yeah. <laughs> stop, stop. We're not like I'm not digging into anything. Like there's nothing to dig into. We're not like <laughs> I'm not like no. Jesus doesn't even own a PlayStation. Look into this. Like I just don't. You know? oh, man. <laughs> so. But but I mean poor uh poor Jesus and Puck now they're both kind of well I guess Puck's at least rehabbing. Are, are are they still living together? Do you know? I mean I know they're in different spots now, so probably not. But I I don't know. Is, I don't uh, think. Um, because puck's down in stockton more of like a spring training thing um and they're rehabbing in the same place then during the off season too now um because they both work out the same facility in florida well i was yeah i was gonna ask you i mean uh i really enjoyed that story about uh you know uh jesus was his mom trying to get aj puck fat off of arepas and uh (laughs) And I think, like, yeah, like you said, like, there's all these stories come out of all these players. You're like, oh, I need to cut out a rapist so I can cut down my weight, get it into shape. And then Puck's like, no, I need a rapist because I can't keep any weight on, you know? <laughs> uh, how much fun was that story to report? And I mean, it, it, do you love being at the athletic? You can really sink your teeth into fun stories like yeah. that, you know? No, I love that. I love that stuff. And it's just so much, you know, obviously it would be better in person. Like, yeah, it's hard, right? It yeah. Would be, like, sit in, you know, in a normal time. Um, the best thing would be to like sit at a family dinner and like observe how they interact and like, well, you know, but obviously with COVID, we can't really do that kind of stuff. So the next best thing is just like putting them on a zoom call together and like seeing how they interact and seeing how like they kind of bounce off each other and just kind of like observing. Cause you, I don't know, with those kinds of stories, it's like, I had already talked to the mom and like, she gave me all this stuff to ask them about. So like you kind of get the ball rolling and then they just like, take it from there um yeah that's what people people say always say like the moms are like the best ones to ask right the moms know everything right like she seemed like she was a great interviewer she loved it right like yeah Yeah. this is like something that she loves to talk about and like (laughs) she really sees him as like a second son which i just think is so funny because it's like this kid 
like lanky whatever he looks like randy johnson he's from iowa yeah like this pale kid from minnesota and then this like you know latin dude from miami and they're all like they're like brothers <laughs> you know oh, it's know. so they really welcomed him into their family and she's like trying to teach him spanish and like you know it's really funny but yeah he's totally on the arepa train for sure yeah yeah but that's funny yeah see i know puck is funny man like i know he puts on like i I mean, he, I probably, if I was him, I'd probably hate the media too because all we do is just ask him about his injuries. But it seems like underneath that veneer, like of, of him just kind of giving short answers, like, I don't know, he's like a really funny oh, yeah. kind of eccentric, goofy guy, he right? He has like some snark to him for sure. Yeah. yeah Definitely, like I, which I like. I think it's funny. Um, but yeah, now he's a, he and Jesus are funny, like a funny duo. They definitely like give each other a lot of crap, which is my main takeaway from seeing them together. Yeah, because I think the A's just really – they just would love to see both of those guys in the rotation at some point, you know. I, I mean, know. I, I, think it, I really thought it was this was going to be the year, but here we are again kind of like, right. Right. you know, in this yeah. thing. But uh, yeah. yeah, stop and go, you know. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah. But, but also I also really enjoyed your story with uh, your chat with Scott Hatterberg about the 20-game streak. Uh, everybody says he's like the nicest guy ever and uh, what was that interview like and is that kind of fun doing those nostalgia stories too you know I love that stuff I really yeah. do um I majored in history I studied history in college and I've always been really interested and in, it's part of the, it's one of the things I love about baseball is that you know the past is so important and we're always like dredging up old re records yeah. you know records can tie you know mike trout to some player in like the 1930s yeah like otani's babe ruth and all yeah, this exactly. stuff yeah, like, yeah yeah so there's always these like ties and these links and stuff like that um so i love doing that kind of stuff and that that team those like 2001 2002 teams were just wild um i've talked mm -hmm. to a bunch of players like i did a profile on tejada um so i talked to him and a bunch of his teammates and then i did something on art howe who was miggy miggy was great yeah i gotta love miggy yeah it took me forever to track him down i think like five months to track him down that's yeah. impressive because i mean that one journalist really burned him so i'm surprised he even talks to journalists at all so that's like a good get yeah. by you you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. where was, was he was he in the dominican or he where was he dominican. Yeah. um yeah yeah he was in the dominican and he like randomly resurfaced on instagram one day my friend <laughs> is a journalist down there and she was she knew i had been trying to like track him down and she was like she was like fyi like miggy's on instagram like <laughs> is he still doing baseball stuff when did you when did you talk to him i'm curious he was, um he has an academy down there oh, and his cool. son plays baseball um but like part of the story was that he actually wants to come back as a hitting coach Oh, with cool. the A's and he like wants to work with like minor leaguers and stuff so I don't know whether it's going to happen or not his approach is not really what they preach <laughs> <laughs> swing at everything yeah. that was like something that like people kept bringing up they were like oh, like he would be like I guess like plate discipline you know like but um uh yeah so I, I love writing about those teams because you know mm. it was just a really like fun loose kind of young uh clubhouse you know so mm -hmm. they always have really good stories um so so yeah that was a super fun one to report and scott's a great guy and um and you know ball players are so fun like i i just have such a shitty memory but they have such amazing like they can remember you know what pitch yeah. was thrown in a given moment and like in a given at bat and stuff and he was no different you know he remembered everything and i just thought it was you know when i was writing it um it's been a long time since I saw like the Moneyball movie and um, mm -hmm. 
and since I read the book, so I wasn't sure like if, um, you know, the, the hours like leading up to that game from his perspective were like in the book or in the movie. Like I didn't, I honestly like didn't remember. Like I know there's obviously like the famous. Yeah, like, I haven't, I haven't watched that movie in a long time either. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. and I was like, I don't have time to like rewatch it now. So I'm like, I just hope this is like fresh reporting. And a, and a lot of people wrote back and were like, oh, we didn't know like that he wasn't supposed to play that day or like that he wasn't, you know, obviously it was a pinch hit, uh, mm-hmm. you know, situation, but like he told me that he really was like ready to kick his feet up and just like celebrate. Yeah, he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't really. You know, um, yeah. so I just think it's, and then like facing this reliever, you know, how how much the odds were stacked against him. Like this is a reliever that he like didn't hit well against at all and that he was actually scared of. And like, <laughs> you know, um, I think those details are really interesting. So. Well, it's cool yeah. when they're removed from the game too, because when you're in it, they, you know, they don't want to, you know, they're, no, they're so no. guarded, you know, but then afterwards it's like, yeah, this was, 20 years ago like yeah, yeah i'll tell you everything you need like this That's is what another it, what great was, thing about yeah. writing about the past is like yeah. that they don't care anymore they're just like the guard is i don't know if it's completely down but it's like pretty far down so yeah. <laughs> well and, and and i see on your twitter profile you say second generation uh sports writer so i'm curious like how you got into it and um and yeah it was your mom and your dad and like uh yeah um my mom was a journalist briefly but she covered like uh, local government mm-hmm. and my dad was a longtime sports writer for the New York Daily News um, mm-hmm. and he wrote features like Sunday features were his thing not just baseball but like across all sports oh cool now he's writing books um, but yeah he was in that role for like I want to say like 35 years what's his first name Wayne Wayne Coffee Coffee okay cool yeah um, so he <laughs> sets the bar incredibly high um but so you know, is that is that where you get your kind of love for features from is, is, is yeah, from re- reading yeah. all his stuff growing up and everything or yeah no I was always like around it and he would like bring us to events and like you know I have memories of um mm-hmm. you know going to like I'm trying to think of an example like we went to like the Olympics together and like I have like pictures with like Olympic athletes and like pictures with like Jorge Posada like <laughs> You know, we went to like his charity event and like, you know, in Puerto Rico, like, I, I don't know, like, this is- <laughs> yeah, like, like, I don't know, like, Jake uh-huh. I don't know why he brought us, but like, yeah, he- it's vacation for you and he's working like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Puerto yeah. Rico. Why not? <laughs> um, so I think like subconsciously it was always something I was drawn to, but it just took me a really long time to kind of mm-hmm realize that it was something that I actually wanted to pursue just because it's a really obviously it's like a competitive profession and you know it's it can be volatile at times with like all these places that have layoffs and like you know it's I just wasn't sure if it was like you know a fit for me or like whether I belonged in it or you know like I just had a lot of doubts and um Mm -hmm. yeah I just I kind of realized that like the absolute (laughs) I don't know like absolute last minute um that I really did that it was like it's basically like the only job I've ever done that really feels like um you know really comes to me naturally and it's something that like you know it it just I don't know it mm-hmm. just feels like a natural fit in a way it seems like it, yeah it feels right yeah yeah and I think a lot of that is like because of you know my dad and like the stuff that he had me read when I was a kid and like <laughs> you know it's not like an atypical you know I didn't go to journalism school or anything like it's not like a it's not a typical background or anything or a route, but, um, 
do you guys have similar writing styles like do you do you write the same kind of way too do you th- do, you feel, do, or do you do you see kind of yeah of overlap um you know um i think that uh you know we like i don't know it's like kind of like give and take you know like i think that there's like a little bit of overlap but there are like definitely things that we would do different too um mm-hmm. i'm definitely at the stage where like i read his stuff and i'm like oh my god why do we have to share a surname <laughs> uh, like yeah. dad can you tone it down a little bit yeah, please like, can I you uh... <laughs> oh good um you know like one thing when i was he's like he hates cliches like absolutely hates them yeah. um, and so i like always try really really hard to like word everything in my own words. stay on track and all yeah, that exactly. kind of stuff yeah all yeah and he'll just like you know yeah. like i will get a message if like i use a cliche <laughs> like really like That's couldn't hilarious. come up with your own way of phrasing this i'm like i'm sorry damn I'm it sorry. dad <laughs> why do you have to be right <laughs> like, uh, um, yeah. yeah there's definitely overlap but he's like yeah he's incredible so well, and I, I saw you worked for the Hall of Fame uh, from 2016 to 2018. Did you live in Cooperstown too? Yeah. Or what, what was that like? That's these like small town America. Like, what was that like yeah. experience like? Yeah, I lived right across um, the street from the Hall of Fame, like the backside of like, uh, yeah, it was like the street that like ran parallel to it um, where like the parking lot is and stuff. Like the stadium? I remember I went there when I was like 13. I remember there was like a really, there's like an old wooden green stadium in the back. That's all yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> is like further down off Main Street. It's called Double mm-hmm. Day Field. Um, mm-hmm. And the Hall of Fame is like a little bit, uh, like a couple blocks away. But, um, but yeah, I, so I could never take a snow day, um, which was like really annoying. <laughs> you're you're like oh sorry i can't make the commute it's rough yeah to work because i literally walk like two minutes to work um so it was like me and jeff idelson because he lived really close to the hall of fame too he was the president back then um Mm. but yeah i worked there um i worked in their pr department and um it was a really fun job because i like ran their social media and wrote stories about like hall of famers and stories about like you know based on stuff in their archives and Mm-hmm. um you know it's just a really good way to like learn about the game and like you know it actually has like spurred a lot of ideas that I've like pursued since coming to the athletic like um I wrote a story about Sandy Koufax and um Dave Stewart and like the seed for that was like originally planted when I was at the Hall of Fame and then like you know um I wrote another one about like this barnstorming team with like Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and like all these Hall of Famers and like that was something that was put on my radar when I was at the hall of fame. So it's kind of funny, like how that step kind of translates to what I'm doing now. Um, That's but, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was a cool it, job for sure. Yeah, and, and everything kind of culminates on that hall of fame weekend, right? It's just like super special. Like everybody from decades and decades is there and just a good vibe, right? Like, yeah. is that like a really, and like the weather's perfect. I'm sure it's a little hot, but it's like the weather's nice. Like yeah. that's like, that's like it's the weekend, cool. right? Like, yeah you see all these hall of famers from like of different generations just interacting um they like shut down this hotel in town where like the hall of famers stay and there aren't there isn't really like a lot of media allowed in there so it's pretty much like hall of fame staff the hall of famers their families and then like a few media members so you really see them like with their guards down just kind of like shooting the shit um Mm -hmm. like 
I remember like Randy Johnson was talking to Whitey Ford and there was like three or four feet between them or like maybe I don't know <laughs> yeah, well, Randy, yeah. He, was small, he was a small ball player like during his prime and he's smaller now so it's like yeah you know or he was like you know he passed away a little while ago but um you know mm. stuff like that and um you really get to like interact with them which is really cool but you see them the cooler thing is like seeing how they like interact with each other you know mm. across like different generations i always thought that was interesting so yeah and then i saw you from from there you went to the mariners is that right and you're in uh seattle in the summer is amazing right i mean oh, what was seattle. i mean what was that what was that job like and uh, how much fun was that was that job? what exactly were you doing for them too over there so that was also in pr um and that was kind of like the stage where i realized that like you know like i was really working with like journalists often and like i was around media more than i was um when i worked at the hall of fame and it just became like really obvious to me that like media was the side that i wanted to be on so mm -hmm. i wasn't there for super long um but it was cool i mean i was working in pr i was like doing like stat stuff for them like their game like working on like game notes and stuff and getting information in the media but i was also like writing stories about mariners um like helping out with translating for some of their like latino ball players um well i saw are you, are you fluent in spanish i saw that are, i'm not or, fluent i'm proficient my mom um, that's awesome that's really cool that's a great skill to have right Chilean, yeah. so yeah um so i'm not like i'm not claiming to be fluent but i can like have a conversation and like a conversation riddled with grammatical errors but i can have a conversation um, <laughs> but um but it's been a great asset in baseball i think like you know even mm even like with my level of Spanish, just like the fact that I'm like trying and like the fact that I'm like, you know, communicating in their native language, I think like it, you know, I think it does make a difference. And I think it does show like a willingness to, you know, bridge a cultural yeah. divide, so to speak. So. Cause I know a lot, a lot of Latin players don't even want to speak because they can't express themselves how they want to. And then, they, yeah. you know, and they're just kind of, you know, self-conscious about that. But so if you can speak to them in Spanish and they can really express themselves how they want to, you probably get a lot, you know, I really try to do it. Yeah. Like when I, yeah. like, I really try to do like practice it as much as I can and like do it in a clubhouse setting when I can, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially with guys that like are a little bit less confident um, in their English, you know, yeah. it's just, really really difficult like i think we put a lot of pressure on them to kind of like figure it out asap and learning a new language is so hard especially yeah, like imagine all of us going down to mexico like trying to do an interview in spanish like you know what would you expect like, these guys have so much on their plate already they're expected to like you know hit a 99 mile an hour <laughs> or whatever and, like also learn a new language in their free time like i don't know <laughs> like, a lot but yeah and, and I, well, I saw also when you were up there in Seattle that you wrote a piece for Vice uh, for Noisy on the oh, yeah, on the Seattle Showbox, like how they threatened to shut it down for a high rise condo, and then the community kind of rallied around to keep it up. And uh, yeah. do, do you enjoy those kind of features too, like uh, those kind of? Well, that's like the Howard Terminal stuff really like plays into that. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. I feel like that's more of like political community type reporting, um, and I do like that kind of stuff. And I think that it's not really. I don't really think it gets its due. I've said this before. I, like it's it's really hard to find time to like read a draft EIR. You know those things are like so dense, and then like read a term financial term sheet and like you know. But I think it's so important to do that stuff because like if you don't, then you're just like taking 
you know, the information, the flashy information for like at face value. And I think as journalists, it's just important to kind of like talk to the people who were involved and like talk to the community and like see how they're feeling about stuff and not it basically not just like assume that everyone is on board with everything because mm-hmm. like a lot of times they're not like we were we wrote a story on like different environmental groups uh response to the draft the A's draft environmental report um for Howard Terminal and like if you go on like their website for the ballpark stuff um you know they say they like partner with the West Oakland environmental um indicators project you know, like there's a lot of stuff about like how this is like an environmentally sound project. And if you're just kind of like skimming okay. through it, it's like, you know, nothing crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get the impression that they're not thinking about the environment. Um, and I, I get why they're doing that. You know, it's like they're trying to like promote this, support this project and push it through and stuff. But if you reach out to like the actual groups, like even that group that they're partnered with, like, they had serious reservations about it and concerns about this like specific site and you know the pollution that would be caused by like all the traffic and like the toxic soil that's going to be built on and like what happens to you know how they're going to clean it up and like all this stuff so um so i think yeah i am like interested in it but it's definitely like (laughs) time consuming but i think it's worth the time because this is like you know i think we should dive into how these communities are going to be like affected by this kind of stuff you know yeah for sure and then and and you got your break with the athletic covering the seattle storm in 2019 right and um Mm -hmm. and how cool is that to you know really take ownership of a beat um especially for a a platform like the athletic you know it was um i mean (laughs) it was yeah i mean it was like it was pretty wild because i was kind of pessimistic about like getting into the industry like I said I didn't have any journalism experience really I didn't have any clips like I didn't beyond what I did for the Mariners um I didn't go to journalism school I was networking I basically like sent my stuff to different writers that I loved and I was like you just like rip this to shreds and like tell me how I can be better (laughs) like that was like kind of my journalism school on the fly um I still do that but you know (laughs) and Yeah, I mean, I'm like forever grateful to my um, my editor in Seattle, Steve Cohen, for just like you know letting me take over that beat. And you know, it was obviously it was a freelance gig, so it wasn't like a full time job. But um, but for me, it was like just a chance to like get reps in and like mm-hmm. get experience on the ground, and you know, just like kind of get into more of a groove and like basically like prove myself. Um, was huge for me so so yeah that was an amazing experience for sure awesome well i I know melvin is gonna talk here in a couple minutes uh i have a i have a bunch more ace questions for you but it's all right we we can do it some other time we can always do part two all right we are back with part two with alex coffee she's super gracious with her time thanks so much uh, I actually caused her to, to miss a Bob Melvin media availability. So sorry, uh, athletic uh, A's fans. It's my fault. <laughs> okay. uh, coffee wasn't Alex wasn't there today. But um, um, but uh, so while we were both just checking our Twitter feeds, we both just saw the Albert Pujols news. That's kind of crazy, right? I mean, the Angels just designated him for assignment. He's yeah. in the last year of his 10 year deal. 
but you, like you were just saying offline, like, you know, at some point you gotta, if you can't really run down to first base, like, you know, even if you're Albert Pujols, like, you know, right. your time, you know, your time's up, right. Eventually it's something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think with like, it's just uh, like I was saying, it's like, you're kind of like dancing around the egos and I don't mean ego in like a derogatory way. I mean, like everyone has. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So in some respect, like, but, um, it's like, you're balancing that with like putting together a lineup and like, if he's going to get like, you know, a little bit, um, I don't want to say like maybe offended is too strong of a word, but like, if he's going to get like, if his feathers are going to be ruffled by the fact that he's not in a lineup and you're trying to put up, put out the best lineup, you know, to compete in the division, like, I don't know, that puts Madden in a pretty tough spot, you know? Yeah. I mean, he needs uh, to win, but it's like, right, right. This guy can't run. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been paying close, close attention to like what he's been doing this season. I, yeah. You know? Me either. But I, I just know that every time I see him, I'm like, geez, this guy can, <laughs> this guy's like running with cement in his shoes or something, you know, it looks, yeah. it looks painful. Yeah. 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 But especially so, at that price tag, you know, I mean, geez. Right. I mean, right. Well, it kind of makes me, I don't know, like, what, what did the Yankees do with A-Rod? Like, did they just have him as, like, uh, they were, like, paying him, and he had, like, more years on his contract, like, towards the very end of his career, but wasn't he just kind of, like, a bench coach or something? Like, what uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't that know. ring any bells? Like, I feel like they did that with A-Rod, um, and I kind of wonder if, like, Pujols would, because obviously he's got, like, so much knowledge and, like, to better. Yeah, I mean, he, he could be a hitting, I mean, I'm sure he would hate it, but, you know, he could. I don't know. That'd be kind of weird. Be like, ah, transition to a coach. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? yeah. I mean, it's just like what they're willing to do. Right. Like, and I'm guessing if he's like getting upset about lineup construction at this point in his career, he wouldn't be willing to just like be like, have that veteran type role. And like, that's it, you know, like he clearly wants to play, but yeah. you know, it's like it's, it's so interesting to me because I think it's kind of up to these guys to realize like when it is time to. Yeah, it's hard to give it up, right? No, like, it's like extraordinarily yeah. difficult to know when, yeah. you know, when it's time to hang it up, when it's been part of your routine, it's been your life for so long. And, you know, well, especially in his case, it's like these stats that he's trying, you know, these numbers that he's shooting for and all that stuff. So. And also, I think the A's, they're not exactly in the same position with Elvis Andrews, but I think there is some some kind of uh, some kind of to that, you know, like he's it's kind of crazy to me. He's like the highest paid player on the team. I was looking at Spotrack last night. He's making like after all the adjustments and everything, he's making about like eight point three million. And that's even after they got the money, you know, from the Rangers, from him and stuff like that. And and he's got the worst on base percentage, the worst slugging percentage than Rosenthal is. What's that? He's making more than Rosenthal. Well, I mean, I think just because uh, I think they're they're deferring, you know, Rosenthal's money. They're deferring so a lot I, of that money, yeah. 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 So I, I think technically, like, it, like on the books this year, Elvis is making the most. He's making almost ten percent of their salary, which is kind of crazy. And it's like, um, I mean, and I was looking. Yeah, he's got the worst on base percentage, worst slugging, um, his third worst batting average. He doesn't really play great defense. It's not like he's like – if he was like awesome at defense, that'd be one thing. Like if he had great range, that'd be one thing. But His defense, I actually – I take like let less issue with his defense. Yeah. Like I think he's like a solid two I think good. he's okay. Yeah, I think I he's think okay. Like he's good, but I'm like somewhere in the <coughs> of like solid to good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just the offense. And I'm like, man, this is just brutal. Yeah, because I mean a couple of weeks ago, Melvin's like, you know, he's doing fine. It's like his – 
like he's pretty much there for his glove and just just not to make errors you know like it seems like but uh and 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 i i saw they put nick allen in double a in midland you know and so i looks like he probably needs some more development but uh, yeah Um, yeah because i mean everybody's saying like bring up allen but i think he they can't bring him up now yeah up now that's like how you mess with like i don't know in my if you rush that that's like how you fuck up a prospect yeah like like his whole career like dude if he's trying to learn how to hit at the big league level like dude that's kind of rough that's that's not i mean there's a reason why minor minor leagues exist evan white on the mariners who is a great defensive first baseman but they brought him up in my opinion too quickly like they signed him to that deal and then he i think they like signed him to like um i don't know what the deal was but it was like out of double (laughs) a I don't even know if he had any big league experience like prior to that. He might not have, like, or maybe yeah. minimal. And he's been really struggling, you know? It's like, so I don't know. I think that that's a situation to keep in mind when you look at like all these people that are like, bring up Nick Allen. Yeah, it's like, no, nah, he needs to learn how to hit. Like, <laughs> I don't even think it's just that he's not going to hit. It's that he's like, it'll mess with his self esteem and his confidence, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, because if you come up in your, I mean, that's the thing. Because I, I honestly wonder if, if Nick Allen could come in right now and put up the same numbers, like hit 150. I mean, he uh, might. He, he probably might. honestly could, but it's, it's, there are different stages it's of their career. Ramifications. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for you sure. Know, like, will he think that he, like, will he, like, for the next few seasons, will he just be convinced that he can't hit? Like, I don't know. Like, you know. Yeah. These guys are so good at like, you know, turning the page and whatever, like every day is like a clean slate and stuff, but like slumping is definitely a real phenomenon. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just think that yeah. like the risk outweighs the reward in doing that. So. Yeah. And it seems like to me this year, the A's are super streaky, like either they're like, you know, obviously that 13 game win streak, but, but then when they're playing bad, it's like, it could be really ugly, you know? And yeah. uh, I mean, there was that inning against Baltimore, um, I wasn't covering that game. I think Berman was covering that game, but what was it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they gave up like, was it six runs or something? Yeah, I, th- I think. Um, errors. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. They they, they just had one. Um, yeah, they just had one last night. That was that was pretty ugly too. That was a. Oh rough well, one. yeah, like yeah. the one. I mean, they gave up seven runs in the last two innings last. Yeah, like night. Trevino and Diefman and and Austin Austin Allen's defense was pretty rough dude right. uh, yeah um, which is weird like the Trevino and Deekman thing is weird to me like I don't know it's it's always weird to me to see the bullpen like I I always like well Melvin's a huge matchup guy like Melvin loves his matchups you know so I think like Petit he'll just throw in wherever he can and then and then Deekman and Lou it's kind of like oh yeah. let me look ahead who's gonna be up in the ninth inning I'll I'll try to I think I think that's how he approaches it you know I, I don't really know but uh yeah yeah, I mean it's crazy. Like yeah, like yeah, D- Lou had his first blow up game finally. But mm-hmm. uh, but I mean for me, I think like eventually they're gonna have to add some. I think Force has talked about this. They, they're gonna have to add some sort of. They're gonna have to trade for for a reliever or like they're gonna have to add somebody because I I don't think I still think there's still some holes there. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, especially given the fact that like you know when Delkin on the IL now yeah. that was a guy that they were relying on um a lot like he was yeah, like and, and Romo you don't know what to expect with and choleric you know he hasn't been able to duplicate his success like, like any of you know yeah, like cleric like and it's I don't you know in fairness to them Romo really solid lately 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, at that age, it's just like, I don't know. It, it'll take like a little bit more time, I think, for me to like see him at her game and not like, you know, really feel like, oh, this is just kind of like how I feel normally when Deekman's coming into a game where it's like, oh. Yeah. I, I think pretty much Deekman is the only guy right now who you kind of have that feeling like, okay, he'll be able to get out of this inning. Probably. I don't know about Trevino like early, earlier um, yeah. season, but lately he's kind of like, hasn't been like abysmal. Like I think he gives up like an earned run here or there, like a couple hits, but like obviously last night's um, outing mm. was like by far the worst that he's had had so far. So yeah that was like a perfect storm i mean like it was like a leadoff walk and then the, that pass ball or it was like a, they, technically a wild pitch but I, I just don't think alan knows it's it's a hard assignment you just come in cold like you know you haven't caught that many games yeah and trevino's and then, talked about this before he's got like a starter's arsenal so he's not you yeah. know he's not throwing the same kind of he's got a real mix <laughs> so that's got to be difficult for yeah it's not used to that yeah um, yeah, that first, walking that first guy, I think it was like their nine hole hitter. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> like, yeah. Be... yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people were giving Melvin crap, like, oh, that loss is on Melvin. Like they shouldn't have, but I, I don't know, honestly, like Trevino and Diefman have been super solid. And I think Martin put out like some tweet. He's like, that's like their first time in 49 games. They blew a lead after seven innings. It's like, this is the formula that's been working. Sometimes it just doesn't, you know, sometimes get- leave. Yeah. What I and I should have asked him, him about this last night. Someone asked, I think it was Kawahara asked him about, um, you know, like was there any consideration to, to bring Bassett into the mm-hmm. um, eighth inning? And he said that there wasn't. Yeah, he's like, no consideration. Yeah. How that um, extra inning, uh, or not extra inning, but like how well they do in the eighth and the ninth and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, the point wasn't raised, and I'm, it's just occurring to me now that like Cole Irvin went like eight innings the other night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like, and, and yeah, Bassett was at 90 pitches. It wasn't like he was at 102 or something. No, you know? no. Yeah. And was Bassett as dominant as Irvin was the other night? No, but like he really settled. I think he allowed only like in his and yeah. one walk in his next six innings. It was really only the first inning that he um, struggled a little bit. Yeah, in the last inning, his seventh inning, he only needed eight pitches to get out of it. Like right. I don't know. I mean, like it. I mean, so he then had, it, it makes yeah. me wonder. Like, what's the difference between? Is it just that like Cole Irvin was like that much more dominant than like to you than Bassett was like I don't know yeah I'm not paid to make these decisions so like I have faith (laughs) yeah yeah but I um, I mean yeah that's the formula that's been working and yeah 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 Yeah. and I mean yeah it seems like to me the starters are really picking it up and then it's like really the top of the lineup is kind of carrying the team like Canna, Jed, Ramon's heating up again and then uh, Olsen you know so uh, yeah no I mean um yeah, I, I just think the bullpen, like, they really got to figure that out because, um, you know, it just seems like pitching all around is kind of a – there's no real – like, I don't know how to explain it. It just feels like it's kind of like hanging on a thread a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like um, – yeah, I know what you mean. Patchwork solutions, like fires for Lozardo and, like, you know, it's like – it's a solution. Like, it's great. They have five starters, but, like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think the bullpen depth, the lack of bullpen depth is going to rear its head at some point and it's going to get kind of ugly. Like, I mean, he's already kind of burning through guys, you know? I mean, it's kind of crazy. So, right. right. I mean, it just sucks that like Puck isn't, um, Puck out of the bullpen would have been like, like a hell. I, I think that makes, I think that's honestly where he should be. Like, I, 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 I yeah, I, um, I think, like, if know, he's I like a back end, that, but like, yeah. I think that's where 
I think he would like excel in that kind of role. I think his stuff would play better like in that kind of role. Yeah, I, I think they should like plug him in seventh, eighth inning, groom him to be a closer whenever um, Rosenthal slash Diekman are out of there. You know, like whenever yeah. this wave of guys, like just have Puck be the next guy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is a guy that like the league hasn't really seen that much of. You know? mm-hmm. Now, so he's still kind of like a that kind of like buys him some time to like still fool people. Like they don't really have a book on him yet. Like I don't know how yeah, much it, like big league experience he have. Like just 2019. Like right. Like I mean I don't know. Like he's like that was like the longest stretch for him. So yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, th- and that's the thing is like I think they're streaky and they still haven't put it all together yet. And they're still I think they have the best record in the American League. So. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see like what, what ha- it's, a, it's like a fun team to cover, at least if anything else. Right. It's like really interesting to see what's going to happen with this team. Right. I still don't really know what to make of them. Like someone like asked me that on a podcast the other day and I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I have no idea. I don't know. Like, I honestly think like if they won the world series, like I, I would, I would be a little surprised, but I'd be like, okay, they had the players to do it. But then also if they didn't, I don't know. I think they should make the playoffs, but like, I think, Maybe if like they did it, if they had like a terrible stretch where everybody got hurt and everything blew up, and like I don't know, I I, I could see them being like a like a ninety one team that missed the playoffs too. I mean, who knows? <laughs> That's the thing is like, not only is this like a band aid, like I don't know, it's like kind of like a patchwork. You know, it, it feels like it's very much like I don't know, kind of like they're treading water or something with this roster. Yeah. Like some of their most important, you know, like Pinder being on the IL is like, mm-hmm. you know. He's coming, he's going to rehab start like later this week or then yeah. within the next few days or something like that, right? Yeah, like, something like that, yeah, yeah, but we don't know. I mean, they haven't committed to like a timeline as far as when he's going to yeah. be back. Um, but that I think that's had a real impact on them. Um, you know, I don't know. I just I don't really see like the depth here, you know. So, like, if yeah. things do go wrong, if like people are, you know, if injuries do start to mount up, if people, I, I don't know, it just. Yeah, it's going to be – I mean, that's the thing. It's always first week of May, so it's going to be interesting. Like, most people say, like, you kind of figure out your team around the 40-game mark, and they're not even there yet, so. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, <laughs> not just this team. Like, I haven't figured out, like, any team. Like, what's going on in, like, in baseball? Like, the Dodgers have lost, like, what, 14 out of their last 19 or something like that? Like, I don't know. The Royals are great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Like, what? I don't, I don't think, yeah. like, anyone knows – the ALS is super wide open this year too, so it's going to be yeah. interesting to watch. You know, I think the Astros are still going to be a problem for them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, um, I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but their offense is just potent. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, well, thank you so much for coming back for round two to talk some A's. You know, <laughs> I had to. Do some timely topics for the fans, you know, but uh, but good luck this season on the beat. And thank you so much for your time again. I really, really appreciate it. Hopefully we get to meet sometime soon or I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. later this year at a game or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. When the world gets back to normal. Yeah, definitely. Awesome, Alex. Well, thank you. It's really great to meet you. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure thing. Bye.